Hello everybody, hello the punters out there. Day two of the championships is upon us. Lee Dalton joins me again. We're going to go through the maps for day two of the championships at Randwick. Uh, big welcome to you and hopefully again we can point the punters in the right direction as far as getting some of these maps right. Good morning Brad. Yeah, that's the plan. It's another terrific day's racing and happy Easter to you and to all the listeners out there. It's a big weekend of racing. We get to Randwick Saturday for a bumper card day two of the championships and we front up at Warwick Farm on Monday and I just don't do a bit of work for that meeting now, and it's quite a, uh, a a very good public holiday meeting. So there's plenty there for the participants in New South Wales this weekend to uh, keep things ticking over. Perfect. All right, let's jump straight in. Again, we've got a bit to get through here. Uh, we'll touch on all of the 10 races and hopefully be as snappy as we can. Start in the first, the Fernhill Mile. Uh, the map here does look pretty self-explanatory. I guess we can touch quickly on how this is likely to play out, but postcode does look your natural leader. We have postcode here on the seven-day backup, 1,300 up to a mile, and I heard Adrian Watt say they couldn't wait to get postcode to a mile this time round. Uh, Tim Clark goes on. No doubt in the world will be going straight forward on postcode to lead. I don't think if I was a, the opposition to postcode, I'd want to be going forward and challenging for the lead because postcode's just going to continue to roll and try and grind the opposition into the ground here, so I don't think they'll go hard. I think everyone will be aware of that and sort of sit back off and say, well, we can't go head-to-head, we've got to try and have last crack. So that's where I, I came up with an average tempo. You've got a horse who's capable of going very quick, but given the opposition, I don't think it'll pan out that way. Is there a little asterisk next to a race like this, given we're seeing some lightly raced horses who are stepping out to a trip they haven't seen before? Absolutely. There's some queries here. We touched on Azalea before we... Uh, we went online here and uh, it debuted over 1,100 metres and obviously got back. Now draws barrier one has Tom Marquand and has been right on speed in the trial. You've also got the uh, John Sargent runner drawn out wide there for John Overmere who loves to get forward. I've had to map it back, but the proviso is it's 1,000 metres out to a mile and as I said, it's been on speed in the trial. So these maps could really change completion a bit given the intent from some stables, but I think your clear-cut one is postcodes in front. The other one in the market, Untamed, tucked away there, running second, third, fourth, having a nice run. They're, they're probably the guarantees of this map, I think. All right. Race two is the South Pacific Classic, over the 1,400 metres. Again, another Waterhouse bot runner that certainly looks the likely leader in Yao Dash. Uh, drawn one, they punch up and hold the fence. Definitely punch up and hold the fence, but there's no shortage of pressure in this. Uh, Yao Dash is 1,100 to 1,400, had a trial in between. Spend has to go forward like it's not really Hawks' go to be super aggressive from wide barriers, but that's spend. He stamped as a go-forward horse uh, and his heart fit, you know, coming from the, through the George Ryder into the Bendigo Guineas. Chat right on speed. Mirror Vision's drawn tricky there out in 12. I assume they're positive. And I'd imagine Hilo's very handy here who didn't have the best of beginnings last time out in the uh, Derby Munro. Barrier by Rachel King, I think they'll be pretty positive on Hilo here. Uh, IndyCar we saw get a long way out of its ground, 1,100 metres first up. What's your, your line of thinking here in, in terms of mapping it just off midfield? Oh, yeah, I've said around midfield, I thought, for IndyCar. has a, a, a significant rider change with Tom Marquand going on. We've seen one thing, not just that Tom rides a lot of winners, but Tom knows how to get these horses out of the barrier. So I'm now very wary when mapping these races where he's got a ride to possibly have them repair close than what the, the, the map would necessarily say about these horses and obviously up in distance I think could hold a spot midfield here. All right the provincial championships final there doesn't look to be a, a heap of pressure on paper here obviously that can change when you've got a, 
uh, a biggish field. Great danger, slides across, um, as you've got in your notes here. The blinkers go on with him. Outside of that, Electric Girl. Uh, note that you've got Oakfield Captain as the, as the leader. Uh, Oakfield Captain, the leader for me. Got Adam Hieronymus on. was a change tactics last start at Newcastle to go forward. Hieronymus is a genius at getting them out of the machine and up onto the speed, and I've got no doubt that he'll be leading here on Oakfield Captain. And it could be a pretty soft lead. Electric Girl definitely goes forward. Got a query there over Great Danger. You'd assume it goes forward with the blinkers going back on a national willer, but we'll probably have to wait and see for confirmation by the race New South Wales steward Twitter tomorrow. There's a lot of backmarkers here, isn't there? There's you've got your kind of your, your natural ones that are probably going to take up a spot, which we've touched on. But outside of that, there's a lot of horses with a profile that like to get back, find their feet, and hit the line. So many, even a horse like McCormack. I've mapped it back at the rear. More so to do with the barrier drawn thirteen. I don't see many options through the cracks. Has to go back off that draw. Uh, designated Arashani to get back run on type. Um, even I've got horses like Feller and Oxford Tycoon running forward of midfield. They're not exactly speed horses. So look, it is probably a map where something could jump out of the ground because it is Grand Final day and someone might have a throw at the stumps or the lack of speed early. A lot of these races where there looks a lack of speed on paper, it turns out to be quite the opposite and vice versa with fast run races. Yep. All right, race four is the Percy Sykes. Uh, for the youngsters here, you've got away game as a firm favourite, and rightly so, given the form she brings into the race. As far as the map goes, does she tuck in behind the speed somewhere? Uh, I think happy to sit up outside the lead. We saw away game and give her a very tough run there in the Blue Diamond. I don't think away game actually... Mine's a bit of a tough run. Some horses can benefit from it, and I think that's where we're at with the weigh game here, and I wouldn't be surprised if they're happy to sit up outside the lead on that good tempo. Okay, you've got for Forbidden Love, obviously, carving across as well to some kind of spot, so there's going to be good pressure. Definitely good speed, and the Waterhouse runner, uh, Van Leach, kicking up and leading. Wasn't able to do so at Mooney Valley last time out, but it was a big run there when caught wide. Did begin best on that occasion, so based on that, I think they can use barrier one here. This Queenslander seems to have a bit of toe as well, doesn't it? Uh, Mary Valley, correct. Went all the way over the 1,000 first up. Wasn't great out of the machine there. That's why I haven't got Mary Valley leading. I thought Bowleach from the good barrier could punch through and take it up. Okay, sure. All right, the Arrowfield Sprint, race five. Now there is no shortage of speed here. We're going to have to watch and see what Gerald Ryan does with Villamai, uh, given the, the, the conjecture around it handling a wet track, and we'll see what rating we get there on Saturday. But you've got Splintex punching up. Uh, he's a very fast horse. That horse we touched on. Then you've got Anaheed carving across too. So they're going to go with a really genuine clip here. Oh, they are going to fly along. As you said, Splintex is quick, and I have to map Splintex in front from Villamai, then Anaheed. Hawker Hurricane's a horse that we saw come up to Sydney last start and contest the Derby. Munro was able to lead there, so very positive. California Zimble, 11-11, uh, who's got all that uh, very, very smart alligator blood form, slash National Willa. It's a go-forward type, but I've got it struggling to get into the first five here. That's how quick the tempo looks. Okay, there's been plenty of money for Cosmic Force, so we'll touch on him quickly. He looks to map very nicely here, just tucking in behind that speed. Yeah, had the tough draw there last time out in the Galaxy. Uh, drew 11 of 14 there. I wasn't able to get into the best spot. Today, drawn six with James McDonald going back on. I'd expect and tuck in right behind the speed here and get the perfect run. Uh, Flit's probably another one to talk about here. We saw Flit first up from a really good barrier over this trip, able to hold a position. But from barrier eight, and this is a very different shape race today, to that first up run, I think Flit's going to be struggling to get forward of midfield here. Yeah, and the blinkers come off her too. Yeah, so that all sort of points towards a pretty quiet ride, despite the fact 
Okay, all right, the Australian Oaks. Uh, this is an interesting race because you've got the two key lead-ups were polar opposites in, term of, in terms of how they were run. You had the Vinery, which was a very gentle speed, and then the Adrian Knox, which was really genuinely run. So how do you go about mapping a, a race given that that is in the back of your mind? Yeah, you're, you're spot on, though, at Chalk and Cheese. One of them, they've walked and dashed home in Shout the Bars race, and uh, the alternative that we saw Colette win last week, they've, they've really just uh, hammered down from a long way out, and it's been a, a bit of a struggle late. So off that, I've got a map Dorothy of Oz in front, because clearly ran along with a much quicker uh, sections early than what the Shout the Bar race did. Uh, but Shout the Bar is definitely sitting up there outside the leader, uh, other go forward horses, there's not a heap to find really. We do have a change of tactics came through early by the Racing New South Wales stewards tweets with uh, contrition from the Mick Price stable. It's going to be written in a more positive manner today, so it's possibly one that can go forward. Quintessa should be thereabouts. Nudge, one that we anticipated last time in the binary settling close, it should be able to get right there in the first four or five, I'd imagine. All right, before I move on to uh, the two favourites, Probabel and Colette. Dorothy of Oz, I did note that Adrian Bott said throughout the week with the shades coming off and given how hard she did go last start, that they wouldn't mind getting a little bit of cover with her. So if that does occur, does the race change complexion a lot? It probably does because as we, we're already working on a race that doesn't have a real high level of temper. If you take one of those leaders and want to cover them up, well, it changes things quite significantly. I would have thought um, Dorothy of Oz's asset would be to use the speed and Tim Clark, so... It'll be a, an interesting one, but no doubt that's one that the stable will let the stewards know nice and early and want to keep an eye on the tweets for. Okay, sure. Now, Probabile, what do they do with her? She's drawn a sticky gate, and I can't imagine they'd want to be giving away a big start to a horse like Colette. Yes, she's the class runner, but that being said, if she's spotting a horse like that three lengths over a trip that she hasn't run over before, it's probably not a great scenario. No, I've said midfield three wide with cover would be the perfect spot for Probabile, and I think it's achievable. First up, uh, or not first up, I'm sorry, but first run in Australia this time round in the surround, grew soft but was able to hold a spot early in the field. So I don't think Probabil's a complete get-back-can't-get-into-the-race type. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Probabil slotting in around midfield here and Colette probably in a similar position, but most likely afforded a bit, a little bit softer of a run there from the softer barrier, of course. Yep. All right, the Sydney Cup, it's going to be a real staying test on testing ground there over the two miles, of course. No shortage of speed here. Like, there's a few natural front runners. You've got Hush Rider, Angel of Truth, uh, certainly in the mix. Yeah, absolutely. Hush Rider leads. Um, does have the gear change, of course, but I wouldn't think that'll be changing too much. We did saw Hush Rider run a career PB when leading in the St. Ledger here back on, uh, that was Everest Day, it was the 19th of October. So Hush Rider leads. Better James uh, had the run over in New Zealand last time. There was a tearaway leader in that race in the Auckland Cup, but Edna James was there running third, fourth, just behind. Go back to the Pakenham Cup, ran over 2,500, was on pace there and uh, too strong, so definitely goes forward. The other absolute go forward horse, as you said, is Angel of Truth. And then, look, I thought Corncake could use a good draw here. Got 51 kilos, no reason to waste it. I think they'll be right up on the speed today. And Young Rascal, positive again to try and offset that wide draw and shouldn't have any real dramas getting across for mine. All right, and that's why he's certainly a firm favourite. He was an impressive winner of the Manion Cup. Now the big one, Coin Elizabeth Stakes. Now this is an absolute beauty of a race. Plenty has been said throughout the week, and I guess the map is going to have a fair bearing on, on who lobs here because there's some classy horses and probably not a great deal between them. 
Absolutely. This is just the, the most incredible edition of the QE. Uh, obviously, we don't have wings, but it's, it's a different type race. Uh, and it's outstanding. The deep and down on premium, along with some really high-class locals, very elegant, going so well. And then you've got the Kiwi pair in Tiako Shark, Melody Bowen. You quickly forget about a Melbourne Cup winner in Bowen to Clare and a horse that's completely on the up in Master of Wine. So it's completely, it, it's just it's deep, deep, deep. That's the only way to put this race. I think it'll be run at a brutal tempo as well. I think it's going to be a, a real game-on sort of race. I've got Galileo chopping imaging crossing over from barriers 9 and 10 with a Deeb and Dan on and taking a sitting behind that pair in the early stages, uh, which probably a lot of people would have pegged a Deeb as leading after watching that race first up. But my mind is they'll let a couple go here. So if you say it is going to be run at a, at a brutal tempo, what horse here... Do you think is best suited? Obviously, the internationals come right into the mix. They're already at the top of the markets. But if this is a real genuine test, that's only going to suit your Danons and your Adibs. Uh, yeah, it, it almost falls into their hands. Like Danon Premium last time or last preparation, first up two thousand, the Tenno Show drew wide, working all the way, wanted to keep finding the line, and then again in the uh, Mile Championship, wide all the way, never shirked the task. So. They're real gutsy horses, they are, and obviously everyone saw a deed first up in the ram, but outside of that, who does it suit? Maybe a Melbourne Cup winner second up into this. That could be uh, Alan DeClaire can sit back just off midfield here, I thought, and at least you know you're going to be very strong, went enormous in the Caulfield Cup, and obviously won the Melbourne Cup first up with solid, so yeah, it's going to be a, a really, really interesting race for sure, but it, it the brutal tempo and the fast tempo does play into the hands of the, the pair at the top of the market, for sure, that you speak of. Yeah, and very elegant as well, given she's had that good grounding run over the 2,400 metres. Master of Wine, uh, looks like a tricky draw for him. Do they just take their medicine and go back? You have to go back, especially with the fast tempo here. I know we've seen Master of Wine in two runs back uh, get right into sort of off-pace, on-pace roles. Yeah. But if we go back to last preparation, Tim Clark actually rode uh, Master of Wine on two occasions, went all the way back in a small field there over 2,000, then in 2,400 drew 10 and went back beyond midfield as well. And look, Master of Wine's proven very, very versatile type, and I don't think there'll be any real concerns. They'll just be coming out nice and neat and coming back to find some cover there. All right, we've got two to go. We're on the home straight here. The Group 1 Coolmore Legacy for the Mayors. Uh, big field here. Funstar is a very firm and very well-supported favourite. Again, this is a really genuinely run race. You've got Positive Peace carving across. She's a very fit horse with the picket fence. Ammon Geary, a natural front runner. Sweet deals handy. Miss Cisco, Invincible Gem. Conte Patero just goes on and on. It does. Even Spanish Reef, another Victorian visitor who... Uh can definitely get up onto the speed here without much doubt has the blinkers going on first time. Uh, I thought Sweet Deal would poke through from the draw. Had that setback coming into the Emancipation, missed the run in the Coolmore. Now had that run under the belt, I think they'll be pretty intent on uh, holding a position here, but then it's a repeat of last week. Um, Geary positive piece, push on. Uh, Con Perito on the quick backup. I think Funstar can land in a good spot here, just around midfield, three wide with cover. We'll have those real get-back horses in Kurukawa, Delectation Girl, Elise, Natoya, Fidelia behind her and can have the sort of those on-off pace types in front of her. I think it pans out quite well for Funstar from that point of view. Yeah, she's very versatile, isn't she? We've seen her settle just about anywhere. She, of course, over-raced just a touch in that binary when they ran at a, at a crawl speed, but the speed in this race back to the mile probably gives J-Mac just the chance to let her find her feet, drop her head and really hit the line. 
my line of thinking would be she's going to be more suited in this than what she has been sitting up on speed in races in recent time. I, I don't know if that reflects her stable thoughts, but that's where I've always had fun star stamps, sort of sit back off a good tempo and have last crack, and that's exactly how it'll play out here. Yep. Okay, now the Tab Sapphire Stakes, uh, the last there. Again, this is a, a race with a lot of speed right across the, the page. How did you go mapping these? And I can see you've settled on Sabatiano taking it up. Yeah, Sabatiano, I thought back to the 1100 in the uh, Galaxy might struggle to get into sort of the first, second, third spot. I thought it'd be back sort of fourth, fifth and showed terrific speed thereafter, not the best beginning either. So I can definitely use that draw to poke through. Miss X Factor, White Moss, Pasika uh, go forward from top wide draws. Book is a query. Uh, it's one that we discussed on this show before the first up run. I thought they'd be going back as that was the booker I knew, but the stable were intent on going forward. Now draws 17.59 kilos, but has Nash, who's a more go-for type rider, so that just adds a lot more uh, pressure into the mix here. I thought one horse that could settle in a much better position than what uh, they were able to first up is Pretty in Pink. Drew out in 14 there, a field of 14 in the Galaxy, and had to go a mile back. Drawn six here, and uh, with Rachel King, I'd imagine it lands in a much nicer spot here and gets a beautiful run behind the speed. For Seeker, she's drawn quite wide. Uh, you've got her here in a three-wide running line, which is probably an ideal scenario for her, but you see them being positive, and I think Joe Pride pretty much come out and said that they will kind of gamble and, and see if they can slot in. I think you have to have a throw at the stumps early. Uh, Abdullah, though, to Seeker first up, and I don't think there was any intention to lead there, but the lead was sort of jumped so well and the lead was there for the taking they'll definitely be positive here early from that draw and try and slot in uh, just in behind the leading sort of trio I'd imagine. Is there any chance Bangkok can be a little bit closer? She's sneaky flying uh, Is going so well, trialled like a bomb before that first up run there in the Winona Girl then went super again last time I wouldn't have thought much closer than midfield here uh, just with so much speed on I, I think her her, her goal is she, she sits back off this speed and really has to run on. So midfield, but definitely no closer for mine for Bangkok. All right, perfect. Thanks for your time, Lee. Uh, hopefully the punters got something out of that. Bring on day two of the championships and cannot wait for this QE. No, and it's, it's just going to be a fascinating race. And I, I can't wait for it. Definitely going to be a highlight for uh, the racing calendar thus far this year.